Welcome back to DQP Does Draft Quarters Podcast Network Movie Review Show, where we do not, we do not read Sutter Kane. With me this evening is my co-host Russell. I don't know about you, but I did. Oh fuck! It's the end, people. We are starting our October spoopiness. Our descent into madness is yeah. what we're starting. Yeah. Uh, with In the Mouth of Madness from 1994, rated R, an hour and 35 minutes. It's interesting that this is rated R. Body horror. Yeah, I guess. Um, holy shit. I don't know how to explain this. Uh, <laughs> uh, so there's a guy... And then there's a guy. Um, oh, no. That, that guy's in the same place at the beginning and at the end of the movie. Yeah, it's bookended. Yeah. Yeah, so Sam Neill plays... Uh, fuck, I don't remember any of the character's name other than Sutter Kane. He, he plays Sam Neill. He plays Sam Neill. He doesn't As, even try... Sam Neill is in a horror movie. He doesn't even try to have a fucking uh, American accent. He plays John Trent. Yeah. Uh, and at the beginning of the movie, he is, he's brought into a uh, psych ward... Uh, kicking and screaming. Yeah. Uh, and they put him away, and then, um, uh, fuck, what's his name? Uh, he just died recently. Uh, fuck, does it not have him on the cast list here? Oh, no, there he is. David Warner. Uh, as, uh, Dr. Wren, uh, shows up to talk to him and explain why he's here. So then, basically, the movie is of the perspective of perspective of John Trent telling the, this psychiatric uh, or the psychiatrist why he's in a mental institution. Uh, so John is a uh, like a insurance detective. Like he basically like tries to find people trying to defraud insurance companies. Yeah. Uh. He's a very skeptical kind of guy. Yeah, he's a skeptic. Yeah. That's a perfect description of his character. He's a skeptic. An investigative skeptic. Yep. Um, And uh, it goes through a little bit of one of his cases where he, a guy burns a building down to get the insurance, and uh, he figures out that the guy was burn it down himself, but he saved a bunch of the stuff to double dip, get the money and the stuff. Yeah. Um. And he catches him in it because he was messing around on his wife. He basically PIs him. Yeah. You know. It's uh, fucking great. Yeah, it's it's, it's fantastic. Fucking wonderful. Yeah, I love it. And I love I love Sam Neill and I love him in this role. It's fantastic. <laughs> if you're gonna commit fraud, maybe don't clue your wife in. If you do clue your wife in, maybe don't fuck around on her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's life advice right there, man. Uh <clears throat> but <laughs> It's good. Uh, so, uh, that's his, like, the, the an introduction to the character, right? And, yeah. uh, it's a great introduction. It's a great introduction. It, like, it's, it's not very long and it totally informs you as to, like, who the, who he is, what he's about, how good he is, everything. Like, yeah. all, you know, everything about that you need to know about John Trent in, like, yeah. five minutes. How much he cares about finding the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
you could say separating reality from fiction. Yeah, one might say that. <laughs> one might say one that. One might say that several times. <laughs> one might say that a lot in this movie. Um, so, so then uh, he's talking to the guy that he helped, uh, Bernie Casey, who plays Robinson. Um, and uh, they're having like lunch at a diner. And uh, you can tell there's like something crazy going on across the street from them while they're having their conversation and uh this guy comes across the street with an axe and like it's a really good scene because they're just like talking and this dude is just walking across the street with an axe it is a great scene it's just like impending doom i wish it was shot just a little bit different yeah i mean it's i I wish it was single cam (laughs) yeah focused on the conversation yeah the guy creeping up in the background never getting like a full shot of the guy yeah and then he just like gets up to the window and smashes the window in. So that but, might be like the one thing uh, that is one of the couple things that I don't like about the movie is that it is directed by John Carpenter. Uh, so like it's it's very it almost looks like a TV movie. Yeah, all the time. Which yeah, whatever. What well, is it's fine. Like it he, doesn't hurt. He has his particular style. It doesn't completely destroy the movie no. or anything like that it's just like this movie directed by someone else could have been better that's i mean that's all i'll say about this, that this, this movie needs remade i <sighs> i don't say that about a lot of movies i know that it, that could fix some of the problems my problem yeah. is is that a lot of times when movies get remade it's worse it's worse um but anyway so this guy's coming across with an axe they have no idea he like crashes through the window, uh, and John gets a, a good look at this guy's face, and he just like looks. He's all disheveled and looks like he hasn't slept in like a month. Yeah, uh, he's dirty and gross, and his eyes are fucking weird. He's got yeah, like some are. like figure eight pupils going on, uh-huh. uh, and he's just like, "What the fuck?" And he's like, he says something to John. And then uh, he goes to kill him with the axe, and uh, cops show up and shoot him. Whoa, crazy. Uh, So then John gets another job. He's called in by uh, fucking Charlton Heston, (laughs) who's who's like this, the the CEO of a a publishing (laughs) company that publishes this guy's books, this guy named Sutter Kane. And... uh, he makes these books. He writes these books that make people go crazy. Yeah. And uh, they're horror. They're pulpy horror novels, in yeah. John's words. And uh, the writer disappeared before he could write his last book, or before he could turn in his last book. He's been writing it, been in communication, and then all of a sudden, he disappeared. And uh, they want to file a claim or get their book back. So they're they're like, look, it's not fraud. If you find him, just bring back the book. Like, that's all we care about, you know, because we're going to make money either way. Yeah. Right. We're going to sell the shit out of this book because, like, he's outselling everybody. He's making records with his books. Like, yeah. Yeah. Forget about Stephen King. Yeah. They specifically, like, the fuck that Stephen King hack. (laughs) (laughs) Who who Sutter Kane is, like, plainly modeled after. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's Sutter Kane and Stephen King and also like all his books take place in New Hampshire. (laughs) It's instead of Maine. It's fucking great. Uh, 
So they're like, just look, go find him. If he's dead or like you can't find him, pay us out. If you do find him, get our fucking book back. And he's like, okay, I can do that. And they're like, take the editor with you. But he doesn't leave right away. He's like, I'm going to like try to figure this shit out. So he like looks up the guy and like reads some of his books and he starts having like nightmares and stuff. Um, and like some of it, he thinks he's like awake. He thinks he's like having visions, but then he like wakes up. Uh, there's a particularly great one where he like wakes up on his couch after. So like he walks, he's walking down the street and he walks by an alley and a cop is beating this guy up and he has this dream before. And the first time it's just a guy getting beat up by a cop and he walks away. The second time the cop is like a monster. The cop turns around and he's like, his face is all like fucking covered in like clear viscous liquid and it's all pockmarked and like gross and looking and stuff. Yeah. And he's obviously some kind of like fucking weird monster. Yeah. And he's like, what the fuck? And then there's a bunch of people behind him and like, it's just a full on crazy nightmare. Right. So he wakes up on his couch and he's like, oh, fuck. Woo. That was, that was terrible. I need to stop reading these books. And then he looks over and the cops sitting there on his couch. He's like, yeah. He's like, oh, fuck. And he wakes up again. If you've ever had the double wake up dream, those are fucking terrible. Uh, yep. I, I I had one when I was a kid, and I'm pretty sure it was a sleep paralysis demon. Because, uh, like, I woke up, and then I had sleep paralysis, and I was just, like, looking around my room, and I couldn't, like, wake up. I couldn't get up, and then I woke up again, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so he, like, is getting affected by these books, and he's like, this isn't cool. Fuck these books. Uh, but then he finds, like, a hidden message on the, on the covers, and, like, it kind of points to a place, and it's... Hobbs End, which is a town, a fake town, fictional town, uh, in his books. And he's like, maybe it's a real place. Like, maybe he's from New Hampshire and he, like, knows about this this town that's not like, you know, it's a lost to history town, right? Because it's a, too small to be on any maps. Nobody knows about it. Nobody fucking, the census doesn't ever go there. So it's not on any maps, right? Yeah. You're not going to Google it. Although this was in 94, so you weren't going to Google it anyway. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) so so he's like i'm gonna go where this map is pointing and and he like the whole time he's like this would be a great uh marketing scheme and like all this stuff and they're like it's not a marketing scheme we really don't know where he is you need to find him we need our book back or you need to pay us out and and they actually never say anything about paying out they're i'm just i'm adding that they're all they're all about getting the book back they want the book back yeah and he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, sure. Uh, so, like, if I get there, do I get the Sutter Kane lunchbox? And they're like, dude, <laughs> no, really, he's gone. Like, go find him. So he's like, okay, I'm going to go. And they're like, all right, take uh, take Linda with you, uh, played by Julie Carmen. Um, so he they go, and they're on this long drive, and shit gets weird. And I, one of my favorite, like, weird characters freaking out scenes is when they're driving. Um, so they're driving and uh, they end up switching drivers. So Linda's driving and they have this kind of weird chemistry of like, you know, they both think each other is like attractive, but like she kind of hates him. It's a it's a uh, 
it's a cheers dynamic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, Sam and Diane. Sam and Diane. I couldn't remember Diane's name. So like he's cocksure and she's like, fuck you. You're an asshole. You know that. Yeah. Um, so like he's asleep and she's driving and it's nighttime and she sees this kid on a bicycle past them. And I fucking love this. It's yeah. so good. This kid on a bicycle passes and she like has like this weird dreamy state going on where she like notices all these weird details about this kid. Like and which is completely impossible because it's nighttime and you're driving by a kid going the opposite direction. Yeah. Like, you know, or no, he's going the same direction that time. He's going the same direction that time. I said that time. So like she notices like the cards that are in his spokes and like he looks scared. Yeah. Right. So they pass and like you see him in the the rear the the like tail lights, which is an excellent shot. Like yeah. that's probably one of my favorite shots in the whole movie is like this kid disappearing from view in the red tail lights. Like it looks great. It's a great shot. Um and uh she's like, Oh, that was weird. Why is that kid in the in the road, like in the middle of the night? So she's driving and she's like, uh, oh, blinking, like, oh, I'm tired. And then uh and then she sees like a reflector coming towards them and she's like what the fuck is that and it gets closer and closer and it's a person on a bike and it's like this old man with this crazy white hair and but he's wearing the same clothes and riding the same bike and she's like what the fuck and an amazing shape yeah in an amazing shape <laughs> uh that's not it's just a person uh <laughs> that's a joke about riding your bike for 60 years <laughs> not to stop um so she's like oh that was fucking weird what the fuck and then uh and then the bike just like appears in front of her coming at her and she like hits him and she's like oh my god and stops and fucking turns the car around and and john's like whoa what the fuck happened and uh so, like, the bike is laying on the ground, the guy's laying on the ground, and she's like, what the fuck, he came out of nowhere, like, he, I already passed him once, like, I don't know what, how was he in front of me? So, John goes to get a blanket, and he's like, oh, we gotta, like, find somewhere to call the cops, blah, 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 and he goes and gets into the trunk of the car, and she's like, she's still confused as shit, like, has no idea what's going on, and... The guy gets up and gets on his bike and rides away and like looks back at her all creepy and shit. And she's like, what the fuck? And then John just comes up and he's like, oh, he was okay. All right, well, let's go. <laughs> he's like still half asleep. He's like, I oh, it must not have been as serious as I thought it was. I didn't see it happen. I just woke up and she's just like, uh, okay, I'm, uh, yeah, I'll keep driving, I guess. <laughs> so she, she keeps driving. He falls asleep. But that that scene that scene is amazing, uh, and it's also creepy as fuck. Agreed. So um, she keeps driving, and then she like starts kind of falling asleep, and then she notices that like all the fucking like road details are gone. Like there's no lines or anything. And she's like, "What the fuck?" And she like sticks her head out the window, and it sounds like it sounds eerily silent. Like yeah. she's like, "What the fuck?" And then, like, she can kind of hear, like, rumbling thunder. And she, like, looks down, and they're flying through the air over clouds, and there's lightning underneath them. And she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> she freaks out. And then, like, they are all of a sudden going through a tunnel. And she's like, what? What is happening? 
and then they're on a covered bridge suddenly and it's daytime and she's coming out the other end and she just slams on the brakes and stops yeah so it went from like middle of the night and then all of a sudden they're flying and then they're coming out of a covered bridge that wasn't there (laughs) and she's just like what in the fuck just happened and so then john wakes up and he's like huh oh i slept through the whole night what the fuck and he looks over and there's a sign that says hobbs end because they couldn't find it they were looking around and they couldn't find it they were just driving around new hampshire trying to find this fucking town because it doesn't exist and she miraculously like the book covers made a map the book covers made a map yeah uh, so they were like trying to find it with this like f- fucking cut up construction paper map, <laughs> like overlaid onto an atlas. Uh, and he's like, "God damn, Styles, good job, you found it." And she's like, "Uh, uh," and she's like freaking out, like she's just having a mental breakdown, like for the next like twenty minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah, she's just like, "I don't, what the fuck." So they switch driving. He's going through and like they park somewhere and he's like, oh, man, look at this town. It's really like super quaint and stuff. Uh, And they like there's no one on the street. Like there's no one anywhere. Like all the stores are closed. Like what the fuck's going on? Super creepy little town. Yeah. And uh, she sees some stuff like she sees these kids chasing a dog and they all look fucked up. Like all the kids look fucked up. Like they yeah. look like they haven't slept in a month. Been been getting to the lean. Yeah. And uh like it keeps going and like she's like they go to this uh hotel and he's like, How'd you know this was here if you've never been here? And she's like, It's in the book. And he's like, What? What are you talking about? So then like they meet the lady that owns the hotel and she's like, That's so and so from the book. And he's like, whatever. She's like crazy. She kills her husband. Like, <laughs> like that's that's not real. Like, it's really cool that you guys set this town up to like do this marketing thing. But like, come on. I'm just like, no, really. Like, this is real. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's not. Fuck off. And like, it keeps going. Like, everything is fucking like turning and changing and shit like there's a another one of my favorite horror movie scenes is the fucking painting like every time the painting comes back there's a painting in the lobby and it's like a guy and a girl standing next to a lake right and like when they first come in that's what it looks like and like while they're standing there like order like getting this lady to book their room it changes like three times yeah and it's freaking Linda out. Like, Linda keeps looking at it, and she's, like, grabbing John's arm and shit. She's like, oh, my God, what is happening? And he's like, you need to calm the fuck down. <laughs> Forever the skeptic. Yeah, because he didn't look at it. Or she showed him the first time, and then, like, he was like, okay, whatever. It's a painting. And then, like, she keeps looking at it, and it changes. And she turns around and looks at the old lady and turns around, and the cha- painting changed again. And she's like, what the fuck? Um... So they keep going and they get up into the room and he's like, you know, whatever. It's pretty close, but you miss some details. There's supposed to be this church. It's a black church with 250 foot spires with gold onions on the top and shit <laughs> out this window. And it's just a farmhouse. And she's like, no, you didn't read well enough. It's out this window. And she pulls the fucking shade and there's a fucking crazy ass Byzantine black church in this fucking small <laughs> middle America town, New England town. 
And he's like, what the fuck? So they go and they can't get in. And the townspeople show up with a bunch of guns. And they're like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> and they're like yelling for Sutter Kane. They're like, Sutter Kane, give us our kids back. Yeah. And you're like, whoa, what's going on? And the door's like flapping. And there's a little boy standing there looking all creepy. And... Then he sends he like Sutter Kane pops out like the kid just like disappears and Sutter Kane's there, yeah. and it's fucking is, it's it's who Neil Gaiman modeled his whole look after is who it is <laughs> yeah it's uh, Jurgen Proshnow which if you don't know who he is look up him it's J U R G E N P R O C H N O W and you'll you be like oh yeah that guy <laughs> you said none of those letters when you said his name. Jurgen Prochnow? Yeah. Yeah. I no, said I mean, all I, those I, I know you actually did. Yeah. That was a joke about me not being able to pronounce pronounce names. Yeah. But uh he you've seen him in tons of stuff. He does a really good job at being like horribly creepy. Yeah. Uh he's like almost always a villain. Like almost always. Uh I guess I could click on his name and be like, he's in this stuff, but whatever. I'm on it. You got it. Because I want to know. Um but then, like, he sets, like, a bunch of Dobermans after them. They run away uh, and, like, get in their car and drive off. She sees the kids again. Um, and they're just, they're, he's, like, freaking out because he's, like, this is fucked up, but I'm leaving. And she's, like, no, this, this stuff's, like, this is real, whatever. Like, you didn't read the last book. This is, like, the end times and stuff. <laughs> and he's like nobody read the last book it doesn't exist yet and she's like well i'm the editor and i've been getting advanced copies so i can start working on it so like i don't know how it ends but like i've read like the first half or something and so he's like trying to calm her down and she's not having any of it and she leaves and goes back to the church so she goes to the church uh, she meets up with Sutter Kane and Sutter Kane like fucking corrupts her with the book. And you find out that like it's legit, it's all real, and like he's holding back the old ones behind a fucking gross door. And uh he's about to let them loose on the world, and you're like, Whoa, this fucking like jumped off a fucking cliff right here. <laughs> like it goes from like this is weird and creepy to like, holy shit, what? The old ones behind a fucking door in a Byzantine church in New Hampshire. What the fuck? Yeah. Fucking wild, man. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, it keeps going. Like, uh, she comes back and all of a sudden she's like, oh, I'm crazy. And then she's like, no, wait, I'm horny for you. And he's like, what the fuck? And he like goes down. <laughs> As one should be in yeah. that scenario. <laughs> yeah. And then he like goes downstairs and he finds out the old lady really is a fucking monster and she's cutting up her husband in the basement and she's got fucking tentacles coming out of her. And he's like, what the fuck? Let's get the fuck out of here. She's also horny for him. Yeah. So he runs back upstairs and he's like, come on, Linda, let's go. And she's like, just chilling in the bathroom that's like frosted glass and her fucking tentacles, her new tentacles hanging out the bottom of the door. And he's like, <laughs> oh. I'm going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> so he takes off and I'm, I missed a part where he talks to uh, uh fucking, Oh my God. What was his name in that other movie? What was his name in ghostbusters two? I don't know. Vigo. Oh, Vigo. So one of the townspeople 
It's fucking uh, Wilhelm von Humburg, who played Vigo in Ghostbusters 2. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> another creepy motherfucker. Yeah, another creepy motherfucker. But he's, like, not a bad guy. He's just a guy. You know, his son is yeah. the one that Sutter took. He's still creepy. He's still creepy as fuck. Also didn't even try to have an American accent. Uh, <laughs> which is fine. Fuck it. I don't care. Um... So he, like, has a drink with him in the bar, and he's, like, beat up, and he's like, yeah, all this shit's real, man, and he's like, whatever, you're all actors, and he leaves, and he comes back later, and, oh, that's, like, way later. He comes back, but when he comes back later, he's, like, dying, and he's like, no, this is all fake, I can't believe it, and he's like, nah, bro, it's fucking terrible, and (laughs) I'm out, and he's like, what? And he blows his head off. And John's like, whoa, whoa, pump the brakes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like it, it keeps getting crazier. John tries to leave in the car and he's, he's stuck in the two, then in the Mobius room, uh, <laughs> where you run out that door and you come back in the one opposite of it in the Scooby-Doo hallway. I don't yeah. know. what. Yeah, sure. Um, he like drives out of town. And then he's driving back in town from it's worse because he like he's he's in town in the car and there's a mob of monster people with axes and torches or in torches and shit. Yeah. And like they're like, all right, bud, what are you going to do? So he turns the car around and he goes the other way. And he drives out of town. And then he like blinks and he's driving at the fucking mob of people again in town and he's like what the fuck so he turns around (laughs) and he leaves and then he's driving at the mob of people again he does it like three times he's like fuck this I'm gonna drive through you motherfuckers and he goes to do that and then Linda's standing at the back and he's like oh no I can't kill her even though I know she's a fucking vile monster and he wrecks the car and that's when he goes into the bar and talks to Vigo um but yeah then he wakes up uh or no, he does that before that because he gets knocked out in the car accident. I just watched this the other night. Yeah, I can't remember the order of stuff. Yeah, it's I a mean, co- it's, kind of a confusing movie. Yeah, it's kind of. I wouldn't say it's convoluted because convoluted is like a has a negative connotation. Yeah, because like it's it is hard to follow though. Yeah, like but I think isn't... it's purposefully like supposed to be driving you crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, he ends up in like a. Uh, uh confessional yeah and he talks to sutter and sutter's like yeah i'm god now and he's like what the fuck dude (laughs) you're crazy and then he like flashes the whole fucking room white and he's like ah fuck bruh stop it and then he like teleports into the room that he's in and john's sitting in his lap he's like what the fuck (laughs) and then they're in a different room altogether and he's like, I don't know how I got here, but I still don't believe it. <laughs> and like Sutter's like, ah, oh, look, I just finished my book. Do you want to read it? And he's like, no, no, I don't. It's like, okay, we'll take it to the publishers. And he's like, no, no, I don't think I will. And he's like, you're going to, it's going to get there. You got to take it. You're going to take it to him. He's like, uh. he's like, I write you. Like I'm God and I write this book. You didn't exist before I started writing this book. Yeah. And he's like, what? He's like, you're a character in my book. You're not real. I made you real. 
And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> Mind fuck like crazy, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so then like some crazy shit happens. He gives him the book and he's like, you gotta leave. And he's like, Linda, come with me. And she's like, nah, I'm home now. I'm like, okay, monster lady, go ahead and stay. I'm going <laughs> to run away. So, uh, and then off screen, she tentacle bangs herself. Probably. Uh, there's probably some rule 34 about it. If you're really endeavorous to look for it. Um, there is. God damn it. I asshole. mean, there probably is. You're correct. <laughs> Uh, anyway, um, so, uh, like, Sutter goes and stands in front of the creepy, gross door that the old ones are hiding behind, and he, like, rips through space-time and himself as though everything is 2D, and now there's a hole through the paper of reality with his words on the backside into the other side where the old ones are. Yeah. And it's like such a fucking weird and also terrifying concept, but with the effects and everything of the time, it looked like shit. And I was sad yeah. about that. But so like John goes and like stares into the abyss, right? He literally stares into the abyss, like the real fucking abyss. Yep. And Linda reads from the book narrating it like as the scene description and that's a really cool scene i like yeah, that a lot it is super cool and he sees the shit coming and he's like okay i'm out and he runs and uh like you see the monsters and they don't look terrible they don't look great you see them briefly though which i like that i like it just like kind of flashing them yeah uh instead of being like Oh, look, here's this action scene where you're going to see this terrible CG or whatever. Which it wasn't CG, it was all practical. Some of it was, like, effects, but um, all the monster stuff was practical. Um, So he's running away, and then he's just, like, on a street. He just, like, comes out in the middle of the day on a street, and he's like, what the fuck? And he throws the fucking book down, he's like, fuck that, I'm out of here. <laughs> this kid rides up on a bike different kid thankfully uh he's like you okay mister you've been in an accident he's like uh yeah i guess um which way is the highway so he walks to the highway he hitches a ride he shows up at this hotel there's no tell motel and stays there for a night and um throughout the whole movie you've been hearing about like these riots and stuff involved with the the books so he's like watching tv and there's some stuff about it and he shuts it off and he's like fuck this so then he goes in the morning to talk to the uh the guy at the receptionist or whatever the guy at the desk and he's like oh hey a uh, package came for you and he's like package nobody knows that i'm here and he hands him a manila envelope that just has his name on it. And he's like, what the fuck? And he goes to his room and it's the book. And he's like, no, no, <laughs> no. So he goes back and he's like, motherfucker, who delivered this? He's like, I don't know. It was at night. So he like grabs this kid by his shirt and he's like, look, I need to know who it was. And the guy, the night guy comes out and he's like, look, they delivered it in the middle of the night. I didn't, I didn't see who it was. They just dropped it off. You get the fuck out of here. So he, he like goes back to his room and he burns the book. He burns the book in the sink. One page yeah. at a time. It's gone. He burned it. It's, it's gone. over with. It's over with. Saves the he world. He wins. So then he goes back and uh, he goes back to town 
He goes back to New York or wherever the fuck they were. And he's like going places and trying to find out about Hobbs End. Like nobody will fucking listen to him. And everybody's like, no, that place doesn't exist. I don't know what you're talking about. So finally, he's like, okay, I got to go back to this publisher. I got to talk to him. So he goes back and he talks to Charlton Heston. And he's like, look, I found it. But like, and he tells the whole story. The whole story. Yeah. And Charlton Heston's like, that's a hell of a story. If you could write it down, I'd make a book about it. <laughs> and he's like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is fucked up. You need to take all the Sutter Kane stuff off the shelves. Uh, I'm just glad we didn't, you know, I never got you that book and we never published it. And he's like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? You brought me that book like months ago. Yeah. He's like, what? <laughs> you walked in here, John, personally, and handed me the manuscript like three or four months ago. Three or four months? Yeah. What? It's like, yeah. It's, uh, he's like, well, you can't publish it. He's like, it's been out for seven weeks. It's like, oh my God, no. Well, you have to take it off the shelves. He's like, I'm not going to do that. I'm making money hand over fist. Best selling book. Best selling book ever. It's out selling Bible. Yeah. Which is weird coming from Charleston Heston. Yeah, right. <laughs> and And he's like, oh, fuck no. So. Then he starts fucking really unraveling. Uh, he goes to a bookstore where it's being sold, and this kid's walking out, reading it, and he's bleeding from his fucking eyes. <laughs> and uh, John walks up, and he's like, looks like he hasn't slept in a month, looking kind of dirty. Yeah. He's like, you read that? You liking it? He's like, oh my god, it's the best thing I've ever read. It's like, I thought that's what you would say. He's got a brown trench coat He's on. He's got a brown trench coat on. He's like, I guess you know what's next. So then he pulls out an axe and he fucking cuts this kid down. And that's how he gets into the mental institution. And he goes yeah. back to the mental institution. And uh, I didn't describe what he looks like like when the doctor shows up. Because when he goes in, he's clean. He looks, he looks normal, right? Yeah. And like when the doctor goes in to talk to him, he's like completely covered himself in crosses and the entire fucking room is covered in crosses with one single black crayon. Yeah, dude, he he used the it, fuck it, his, out of that crayon. His fingers, they should have had uh, his fingers like bleeding, like the tips of his fingers missing from yeah. him trying to use the very last bit of yeah. the crown. But uh, so, you know. He's talking to this psychiatrist, and the psychiatrist looks like he's fucking, like, uh... Also Neil Gaiman. What? This is <laughs> fucked. Like, I'm, uh, I'm horribly disturbed by this. Yeah. Um, so he keeps talking. They keep talking. He, like, shuts off his, his cassette recorder, and he's like, uh, I don't remember what he says, but he says some stuff to John, and John's like, look, you're not gonna have to worry about it for much longer, like... The book's been uh, uh, translated into 18 languages and, like, it's sold billions of copies and, like, we're all going to be dead soon. And he's like, well, what about the people that don't read? And he's like, they, they have a movie coming out. <laughs> it's going to come out, like, this week. He's like, huh. He's like, yeah. And the human beings are going to be a myth in, in 10 years or less. He's like, okay. I'm thoroughly disturbed. And he leaves. And then it goes back to John. And John's like just sitting in his cell, like chilling. And he's like, huh, this is fucked up. 
And then like crazy shit happens outside and he's like, oh, fuck. And then he thinks maybe he's hallucinating it. He's like, okay, that didn't really happen. Okay. But then his like door gets torn off its hinges. <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, that is, that's actually happening. Okay. But it stays in place. So like nothing gets in. He's like hearing monsters and there's like blood spattered on the window to his door and shit. Yeah. He's like, okay, cool. Uh, so then like it becomes daylight again and he like knocks it or he like opens his door and like the whole fucking hospital is just like destroyed. Like all the lights are hanging from one chain and like there's sparks shooting out of something that probably doesn't shoot sparks if it's damaged because <laughs> it's a movie. Uh, there's blood everywhere. There's no bodies though, which is horrifying. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's like, huh, okay, well, I guess I'm going to leave. So he leaves and he walks into town and like the whole time there's like a radio address playing like from one of the cars that he walks by when yeah. he leaves the, uh, psychiatric hospital. And it's basically like, it's, uh, it, it starts with, uh, this is an emergency emergency broadcast and I'm going to try to keep this channel going as long as I can. Like, you know shit has gone down <laughs> when somebody on the radio, because they're using radio, is like, I'm going to keep this station alive as long as I am alive, but that might not be for very much longer. Like, shit got real. Yeah. Okay? Like, the whole world has ended like like that. Right? Yeah. Like, all the cities, like, we lost contact with L.A. and the whole West Coast. Like, all the <laughs> East Coast cities are dark. Like, the world is over, right? Uh, and it's all just, like, this fucking long address. And then, like, it ends. Like, the guy, like, dies on the address. Like, so, like, not even that could stay for more than, like, a day. Yeah. And John's, like, walking around and, like, people are evacuating whatever city they're in. And, uh... He finds a theater and it's playing in the mouth in the mouth of madness and he's like, "Oh shit. Let me go watch this." So he goes in and he like steals some popcorn and he sits down and he's watching literally what just happened to him over the last week. Yeah. It's literally just him watching the movie that you are watching right now. Yeah. And it's fucking, fucking awesome. It was just like, "What the fuck?" and he's just dying laughing and then he starts crying and that's the end of the fucking movie. And you're just like, what the fuck did I just watch? Yeah. It's a great movie. It's a great movie. A fantastic script. Yeah. Like, I think if somebody just, like, took the exact same thing and just redid it, like, maybe not shot for shot, but just redid the exact same script. Yeah. With, like, a really good director, similarly qualified cast, like... And just, like, updated effects and stuff like that. And, like, yeah. some better directorial and lighting techniques and stuff. Yeah. I think this movie would just, like, blow people's minds. Because it blew my mind the first time I watched it. Like, even though, it like, it's not the prettiest movie. And, like, when the, the one of my favorite scenes in the world has, like, one of the most terrible fucking old man masks ever made and put into a movie. Yeah. Um like it still blew my mind because it's like the the concept of this movie is so fucking nutty and awesome yeah it just like it transcends anything that is wrong with this movie yeah agreed you you had me watch this movie for the first time 
Yeah. Um, and we watched it, and I was just like, this is the most Lovecraftian movie I have ever seen. Yeah. Like... Because it just has all the fucking, themes, right? Yeah. Like, it's all there. Like, the hero doesn't win. The hero is driven insane and loses. Yeah. Like... And, like, he's, like, force-fed his own hubris. Like, all this stuff that's, like, so fucking Lovecraftian and, like, it's not an actual Lovecraft story. It's an original story written by John Carpenter, but, like, holy shit. It's amazing. Yeah. The story yeah. is fantastic. I think I think the name is... Like, it's, it's, like, uh, adjacent to, I think... I think it's the mountains or something of madness. Yeah, the Lovecraft story is at the mountains of madness. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like a play on the words. A play on a, a play on words. A play yeah. on the words. I'm fucked up. It's fine. And the mouth of madness pays tribute to the work of seminal horror writer H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, I mean many references to his stories and themes. Like wonderfully well done too like i just yeah i i it came out in 94 it kind of looks like a tv movie um like a, a lot almost none of the effects are very good like i love practical effects but like even the ones that are kind of like shadowed and stuff they're like this thing doesn't look great let's put it in the dark <laughs> You can still see it, like, and it does not look great. <laughs> like uh, when the old lady is is the monster in the basement, and she's like killing her husband. Like, it looks like shit. Like, it looks awful. Yeah. Um, and like I, w I'm not gonna fucking sugarcoat it because of how much I love this movie. Like, the effects are terrible. Like the whole movie. Uh, yeah. Like, they look like shit. Some of the acting is kind of off. I don't really like uh, Linda that much. Uh, I like the character, and I know I get where she was going, but I don't believe her 99% of the time. Yeah. Like, when she's, she's just having like the... stiff. Yeah, when she's just having the banter with with Sam Neill in the beginning, Yeah, she's good. Yeah, because it's... That, that it's was natural. Natural and yeah. really recorded that way. Yeah, right? Like... <laughs> She had she had this chemistry with Sam Neill, but then when she had to like act like she was in a dream state, or act like she's being like manipulated, or act like a monster, she was not great. She was not very good at all. Yeah. Um, Sam Neill's fantastic. Uh, I love him and everything that I've seen him in. So like, I'm not gonna. He was great. He was perfect. Um, Prochnow, fantastic villain. Awesome as Sutter Kane. Um, super creepy. Super creepy. Not a lot of other people were like really had big parts. So like, uh, Francis Bay was Mrs. Pickman, the the one that the the crazy old lady that killed her husband. Yeah, she's great. Was great. Is she alive? I feel like we did a memento mori for her, but I'm not sure. No, we did not do a memento mori for her. She died in 2011. Oh, geez. Um, she was great in this movie. She always plays, uh, who did she play? She was the, was she the grandma in, uh, what was she the grandma in? She was the grandma in fucking Happy Gilmore, right? Oh, is she? I think so. I yes. She's grandma in Happy Gilmore. 
She was also in Blue Velvet. Oh. Um, I mean, Wilhelm von Homburg, he's in, in like four or five scenes. He's fine. He does his job. Yeah. Like, I thought he was okay. But like, you know, Charlton Heston, I don't want to shit on Charlton Heston. This is the point in his career when he's he just, just shows up shows as up. Charles. And he's Char- just, yeah. Ch- Ch- Charlton. Charlton. Heston. Heston. Yeah. He's just himself. Yeah, he's just himself. Yeah. So, he like, have to be Moses anymore. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, say, damn you, dirty apes. <laughs> yeah. Just fucking get Harrison Ford to do it. Um, <laughs> Russell's imagining it now. Yeah, so it's so so like in in the remake. Yeah, it's we're gonna fan cast. David Fincher's gonna direct, right? Fuck me. Um, (laughs) Harrison Ford is gonna play Charlton Heston's character. I love that. Um, I don't want any of the Chris's to play uh, Sam Neill's character. You don't? No. Because it shouldn't be somebody, like, muscly. Like, it should be, like, today's Sam Neill. What about David Lynch directing it? Would also accept David Lynch directing it. Not really sure why he didn't direct it the first time. Uh, (laughs) Because it was a John Carpenter movie, so John Carpenter. Yeah. John John Carpenter also wrote, like, a bunch of the music for it, because it's fucking John Carpenter. Right. It so it has like a weird soundtrack, guys. Like when you start this movie up and it sounds like it's like a knockoff of Roadhouse, you're like, what the fuck's going on? That it's, song because it's a John Carpenter movie. I swear that song is a deleted song from a Metallica album. That's because it starts off with like three Metallica riffs. It seriously starts off with like Enter Sandman. It's like dun 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 dun. I was like, is this a Metallica song? This isn't a Metallica song. But this is a Metallica song. Yeah, it starts off with like three Metallica riffs and then it's like, nah, just kidding. It's like a hard rock band in some fucking shithole bar. (laughs) And you're like, oh, okay. But, man, I don't know. Like, yeah, this... I I would accept someone... See, this says... Michael DeLuca wrote it, but that's on the movie itself. It says John Carpenter and Michael DeLuca wrote it. So maybe DeLuca wrote the story and Carpenter wrote the script with him. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they could have done that. Uh, Maybe, maybe Carpenter changed so much stuff that he gave himself a writing credit. Yeah. Took a writing credit. But, um, yeah, I mean, like, it would be cool if they remade it as long as it was, like, not fucking a shitty remake. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd should play Sam Neill's character. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> if you've seen... So, if you've seen the Paul Rudd series, the super short series on Netflix, yeah. where he, like, plays himself twice. Okay. Like, he plays a... He plays a version of himself, then he plays a worse version of himself. Okay. <laughs> if you've seen that, you would agree. Okay. And I mean, or I would I could also see Mark Ruffalo playing the role. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo I would be I think I like that better actually. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Sure. Yeah. 
We can only think of people that are in the MCU, by the way, guys. So it's fine. Yeah. Other than Harrison Ford. I mean, I I defaulted there because I'm super tired. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Um, Um, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and then I want Anya Taylor-Joy to play Linda. Yeah. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. And then I want... uh, the guy that plays Sandman to play Sutter King. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, uh, that's fine. He could just wear the same wig. <laughs> that's fine. I'm okay with that. And then there's a one-off episode in the next season of Sandman. <laughs> where he's like, hold on, I gotta go play this role in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. But I mean, I don't know. I There's it. so many great scenes in this that like are just like these weird. They're just weird. Like it's a weird thing, and it's like purely situational, and it's not necessarily like plot driving. But it's just like, oh, that was creepy as fuck. Yeah, it's 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 overtly creepy and subtly creepy. Yeah, like throughout the whole movie. Yeah, if the scene is not overtly creepy, it's subtly creepy. Yeah. And the whole movie is creepy. Like, I, and it's like, like, I do agree with you that a lot of times in the movie, it feels like a TV movie. Yeah. But I also like like, the way it's shot and stuff. I also think that kind of lends to it. Yeah. It, it, it's, it makes, it makes it feel weirder how creepy it is because like, you're like, you're watching it and it looks like a lifetime movie and you're like lifetime movies are a certain way. Yeah. And then it's like creepy as fuck. And you're like, is this digging deeper into like some uncanny Valley because of like how happy it looks? It's like, it's like fucking, uh, too many cooks. Yeah. Or midsummer. Yeah. Midsummer. I haven't watched midsummer. Oh, okay. But like, well, I mean too many cooks specifically is like, it's a night it's literally just a 90s uh theme song forever yeah right? and just like, like the opening scene yeah the opening scene of of all your favorite 90s uh sitcoms and just like this guy's going around killing people in it and it's like breaking the fourth wall and shit and and but it like it has this really upbeat and happy music and like the way it's shot is like a 90s sitcom so like the way it's shot is like nostalgic and you're like oh this is great this is cool this is fun i'm about to laugh at this show and then like somebody dies and you're like what the fuck just happened (laughs) and that's kind of how the movie feels because of like how it how it looks yeah and i hadn't thought about that but I, I wonder if you took that away and made it into more of a horror movie feel like like visually if it would add as much to the movie or if it would as as i want it to or if it would detract from the movie yeah yeah that's an interesting i think i think it would detract because think twin peaks too like yeah i mean that's why i chose david lynch yeah twin peaks is like creepy but doesn't look like it should be as creepy as it is right yeah for sure So yeah i mean i I definitely think that that lends to the movie um i mean i still think it could look better yeah uh but on some level i do think that like if you're not gonna get the same feel like if they do a remake like you're not gonna get the same feel so you got to figure out how to make that work 
because it's not going to be, it's not going to, I mean, you could shoot it on like, you know, analog and. Yeah. I mean, you could shoot it like it's a fucking TV show and like on those kind of sets and that kind of format. And yeah. like, cause like TV shows up until a certain point, uh, in a certain style of TV show, like sitcoms and stuff were all shot in a certain way. And that's almost how it feels like it's shot. It's almost yeah. like it's shot in that, like whatever three camera or whatever, uh, like single room kind of thing, like Seinfeld or something. It kind of almost feels like that. But like when you got into the TV movies, they were TV guys that were making movies. So they had more money and they're like adding a camera or two and like adding a couple establishing shots. And that's kind of how it feels like it's mostly the three angle TV in one set feeling, but then like sometimes there's an extra angle or something and you're like, Oh, okay. And I don't know. It's weird. It, it just, it, it might, it may add to the creepiness of the movie because it's, it's like disarming you. Yeah. Right. And then you're hit more easily by the creepiness. Yeah. That's subverting expectations. Yeah. Although I don't think that was intentional. Yeah. I don't, I don't know mean, if it was or not. Cause we'd have to, from we'd have to call Carpenter and see what's up. Yeah. Let me go ahead and call him. <laughs> <laughs> I have his number. No. Um But yeah, I don't know. It's a fantastic movie, I think. I mean, do you dial you just dial 666, right? And it like takes you straight to Carpenter's voicemail. No, that just takes you to like the horror horror writer directory. <laughs> Please enter in your extension if you know the party in which you would like to reach. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's a crazy movie. Yeah, I mean it's 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 really good. Like it's really fucking nuts. Like we we're going with a whole madness theme kind of yeah. for this uh for this set of Halloween movies. Um so not necessarily Halloween movies. Like this isn't really a Halloween movie. It's, no, it's just, just spooky. Spooky. Spooky yeah. as fuck. Yeah. Uh so it's going to be a interesting interesting trip over madness. Yeah. Are you ready to do trivia? Yeah, let's do trivia. All right, let's get on down to not Dave's trivia corner. It's uh, Shane's trivia cul-de-sac. That's fucking creepy, bud. Yeah. Cul-de-sacs are creepy. Yeah. Uh, did you know that hob is an old world old word which was used to refer to the devil? I did not know that. Yeah. So devil goblin? I like that. Hobbs, Hobbs end? Devil's end? Yeah, I mean, that's cool, too. Oh. But I was thinking Hobgoblin. Hob okay. Uh, let's see. In the film, the works of Sutter Kane are occasionally quoted. Most, if not all, of these quotes are actually taken directly from several H.P. Lovecraft short stories with some adaptations to fit them into the film story. Most notably in the scene where Styles reads to Trent as he gazes into the abyss, her speech lists much of its description, including such elements as the in illimitable gulf of the unknown from the last few paragraphs of Lovecraft's The Rats in the Walls. In an earlier scene as well, Trent reads a line verbatim from Lovecraft's The Haunter in the Dark of the Dark in reference to the black church being the seat of an evil older than mankind and wider than the known universe. Nice. There's yeah. also uh, Linda says something to him about his mind not being able to correlate all of its contents. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Great. Uh, 
I was like, I get that reference. <laughs> oh, yeah. So this is like a loose conclusion of a trilogy. Uh, this is the third film in what John Carpenter has called his Apocalypse Trilogy. The first being The Thing, 1982, and the second being Prince of Darkness, 1987. I've not seen Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness has a really weird synopsis. Uh, I'm pretty sure... I saw the fucking cover like a million times going to uh, the video store, and I was like, I was always like, I want to rent that. And the parents like, no. Have you also not seen it? I have not. Mm. Uh, a group of graduate students and scientists uncover an ancient canister in an abandoned church. And when they open the container, they inadvertently unleash a strange liquid and an evil force on all humanity. Uh, so basically, it's like a possession story. With a little bit of zombie stuff. Nice. Not really zombies, but just like possessed people that go crazy and kill people. Yeah. Uh, and then like the person that ends up like winning at the end. Like, they find out that they just, like, they didn't actually beat the demon that it is. They, like, actually, like, released him into the world, I think. And, like, the world ends. Oh. Yeah. Some of them were not as subtle as the thing as to whether (laughs) what happened at the end. This one and the other one. Um, Holy shit. It's Hayden Christensen's featured film debut. See the little boy? He's the paper boy met by Trent on the road at the end. What? Yeah. That's fucking nuts. Uh, let's see. Uh, Robot Monster from 1953, which Sam Neill is watching at the end of the movie, is one of the direct- director John Carpenter's favorite monster movies as a kid. Uh, he's watching that in the hotel. Mm. Uh, references to the old ones by Sutter Kane along with certain representations of monsters printed on his books and later brought to life are allusions to the Cthulhu Mythos a series of stories by H.P. Lovecraft and continued by other writers into modern times in this sense one could consider In the Mouth of Madness John Carpenter's own con- contribution to the Cthulhu Mythos which we definitely do yeah uh, the Sutter Kane character is clearly based on John Carpenter's friend Stephen King, even yep. referencing King's New England roots with Hobbs End filling in for King's Castle Rock. Carpenter directed a film version of King's Christine in 1983. Uh, additionally, Michael DeLuca had previously written the screenplay for the King adaptation The Lawnmower Man in 1987. However, the characters say that Sutter Kane is even more popular than Stephen King, which we referenced that earlier. Uh, the six Sutter Kane novels which Trent uses to track down the town of Hobbs End are the following. The Hobbs End Horror, The Feeding, The Whisperer in the Dark, Something in the Cellar, The Breathing Tunnel, and haunter out of time also these titles are direct references to hp lovecraft's work uh, a direct inspiration for the movie these are the dunwich horror the whisperer in darkness the rats in the walls the thing in the doorstep uh the shadow out of time and the haunter of the dark and also the title of the movie references uh at the mountains of madness which we already talked about yet another work of lovecraft's 
So yeah, I mean, it's kind of obvious that this is directly like a addition to the Cthulhu mythos, like not... Yeah, for sure. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. Uh, you could maybe consider it. <laughs> <laughs> um, The Mrs. So this is, this looks like shit, but there's a thing about it. The Mrs. Pickman creature was shot as a miniature. Originally, it was a man in a suit prosthetic, but John Carpenter didn't find it convincing enough. It still wasn't convincing, bud. Uh, when a hand breaks through the glass of Sam Neill's cell, a piece of fake glass cuts his neck. Like, like actually, actually cut, cut his, his neck. neck. Mm. Yeah, that's neat. Yeah. Uh, the small town is named Hobbs End as an in-joke reference to the subway station where the alien ship is excavated in the movie Quartermass and the Pit, 1967. It's a hell of an in-joke. Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, The inscription on the doors of the black church reads, let these doors be sealed by our Lord God and let any who dare enter this unholy site be damned forever. That's not really. Yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, His role as Simon was the final feature film for German-born wrestler turned boxer turned actor Wilhelm von Homburg. This is his last role. I didn't know that. I didn't either. Uh, Rucker Hour was uh, considered for the role of Sutter Kane. Fuck. That could have been awesome. Mm. I want to find another good one. Okay, how about this? Here's uh, another possible fan casting. Okay. Uh, from 1994. Tom Berenger, James Woods, Michael Keaton, Gabriel Byrne, and Ray Liotta were all considered for the role of John Trent. Huh. I want to see every version of this movie. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So all of the guys that could have and did and did play all those characters versus all the guys that could have played the other one. We need to like span the multiverse and watch these. <laughs> oh, there's another one. James Coburn was considered for the role of Jackson Harglow. Yeah. So that's going to do it for uh Shane's cul-de-sac of horror trivia. Shane's cul-de-sac of trivia horror. Awesome. That was fantastic. Thank you for that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> are, we, are we ready to finish this train wreck? <laughs> Fucking Dave isn't here to make this funny or interesting. Uh, Hi, Dave. I miss you, Dave. Oh, Dave is here in spirit. Oh, shit. Yeah. We're going to rate it. Dave has Dave has thoughts. Oh, yeah. Are you going to let Dave go first? Yeah, let's let Dave go first since we're talking about it. Dave writes in. Subject. In the mouth of madness. Dear dudes, I'm sorry about your balls. I absolutely love this movie. It could totally be the fact that I can't get enough of John Carpenter movies or the rocking soundtrack or just how cool the movie is in general, but I'd probably give it a nine. It's a very fun movie that I feel still holds up I really enjoy the cosmic horror aspect of it, and I vibe. My vibe off this movie is spot on. I highly recommend watching this movie. All the love, Spooky Dave. Thanks, Spooky Dave. I appreciate you. And I'm gonna give this movie two ratings. 
because I want to give it like a nine and a half because that's how much I believe in this story. I want to give it a nine and a half. So I'm going to, this, this is my, like how much I love this movie. Nine and a half. Uh, what I'm actually going to rate it is like, uh, (laughs) 7.8. Sounded like it was going to be a six. No, <laughs> no. Because like, I just think like Sam Neill is like really the only one that showed up to act in this movie. Uh, yeah. Wilhelm, sort of. Um, but like he's not a main character, so that doesn't... I mean, side characters. There, there were tons of random people in this movie that showed up to act. Um, like David Warner acted his ass off for like two minutes. Um, but like... Sam Neill was really like the anchor of this movie and he knew it and like he did it right. But like nobody else seemed to care that much or was incapable of acting well enough, whatever the case was. Uh, and like I said, the effects and like it looking like a TV movie, like now that we're talking about it, like maybe being intentional to disarm you or maybe it was just a trapping of the time. I don't know. Um, I think if, you know, David Lynch had, had, directed this it would have been better but i mean obviously that's not going to happen because it's a john carpenter movie um so you know that's what it is it is what it is i love the movie nine and a half but i'm gonna give it as a movie in the pantheon of movies a 7.8 that's fair russell um i really like this movie yeah like a lot it hurts um, me to give it that score. So I think the pacing is fantastic. I think the dialogue is amazing. Uh, not always perfectly executed. No. Um, but the dialogue itself is like is written really well, I think. Um, the feel of the movie, the, the weird effects used to make you just, just like the weird little sh- shit that just like makes you uneasy the whole movie. Um, I love it. I, I love this movie so much. Um, ultimately I'm going to give it an eight and a half cause I don't feel like some of like, mostly the effects don't really stand up. Yeah. And you know, like, like we talked about, I am curious. I would be curious to see this movie shot slightly different, like shot more cinematically as a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also am worried that that would take away some of the charm. Uh, I don't want that. Um, but I would like to see this movie remade. This is one of the few movies I think I would like to see remade. Um, you know, done well, done right. Yeah. Of course. Uh, not quick and easy just to make money, which I don't think it would be. I think if someone yeah, was I mean, going to remake this, I feel like it's not. It'd be not, a passion project. Yeah, it's not so popular that it would be that. It, it would definitely be a passion project, uh, which is my assumption on why it hasn't been remade yet. Could be. Um. But it definitely needs, like, a decent budget. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I think that's probably part of the problem. I mean, I think that's a problem with a lot of horror movies. Yeah. uh, In general. They're not not really given the budget to go forth and populate the earth with. Yeah. Yeah. Eight eight and and a half. half. Okay. Yeah. I think overall it is a, a, it's a very well-made movie. Um, I think it suffers from... 1994 and probably not having as big a budget as it even should have had then yeah um so you know i kind of let a lot of that stuff slide uh but ultimately it is going to hurt the rating a little bit so 
Yeah, eight and a half. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DQB Does, where we talked about In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, our first episode in our maddening October spoopy season. I don't know. I don't have a good title for it this year. Uh, <clears throat> it's tentacle season, bitch. That's what it's, it's tentacle season, bitch. That's what the title say, is. There's a, there's a creepy O word that I can't think of. I don't know. Like the word itself sounds creepy. I can't think of what it is. Okay. My bad. Orchestra? <laughs> that is a creepy O word. I don't know. Anyway, uh, so next week we're going to do Event Horizon. We're going to keep the Sam Neill going. Yeah, we are. Okay. Uh, but it's just going to be uh, me and Dave next week. Uh, yeah, no. I won't be here. Yeah, you won't be here. Yeah. I have wedding stuff to prepare for. Yeah. Uh, and then get married and then probably be gone for a little bit. Yep. So I'll be, I'll be gone two weeks. Yeah. Uh, I'll probably try to do what David did. That's email, fine. Email, email something in. Cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DQB Does. Uh, we have a word from one of our associates about a new show. Yes, we do. Uh, uh, with a uh, new little thing. Doug and Nathan. Yeah. Yeah. Got so a new show coming out. They got It'll a new show coming the out. Drafty Quarters podcast network feed. Yeah. Um. So yeah, check that out. Yeah, check this out. Thanks, Shane. I'm Doug here to tell you about a brand new show coming to the Drafty Quarters podcast network feed this Wednesday. That's two days from when you heard this. Maybe if you listen to it when it came out, it's called the Smooth Squirrel Drafty Show. Let me ask you a question. Do you like letters? Do you like numbers? Do you sometime like to hear people describe how many sides a shape has? Then the Smooth Squirrel Drafty podcast is for you. Each week, my associate, Nathan, and I will go down everything drafty in our lives. That's D, that's R, that's A, that's F, that's T, and then it's also Y. Why? Because we want you guys to know what we know. Tune in every Wednesday for the Smooth Squirrel Drafty Show, and be smooth, squirrels. Okay, Doug. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, find us on all your social media. Uh, search Drafty Quarters Productions. You will also find us on Patreon. Please subscribe to our uh, support tier. It's $1 a month. If we could get a 1,000 people to uh, listen to the show first, then get, you know, radicalized enough to pay us a dollar a month. Um, which is really popular right now, getting radicalized for random shit like hating on She-Hulk because it's still really good and you shouldn't be hating on it. Um, yeah. Uh, go ahead and give us that dollar a month so we can like buy new equipment and like, you know, get bigger and make more shows and quit our day jobs. Yeah. Penis enlargement. Uh, I don't know. We're not. We're not going to spend your dollar a month on penis enlargement. I promise. I don't know what I could swear on because I'm pretty sure I've outed myself as like not holding really a whole lot, dear. Um, <laughs> I swear on my love of Chinatown 
that we are not going to spend your money on penis enlargement, anything, pumps, pills, whatever. I don't know what he was talking about. That's pretty good, but I don't think they're going to believe you till you swear on your cape. I'm not going to swear on my cape. I'll swear in my cape. One day I'm going to catch that on camera. No, never going to happen. Never going to happen. Mm. Anyway, thanks for listening. You guys have a wonderful day. A reality is just what we tell each other it is. Sane and insane could easily switch places if the insane were to become the majority. You would find yourself locked in a padded cell wondering what happened to the world. This has been a production of the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network.